Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, and let's get to today's headlines. How about that for an intro, huh? How about last week? That was a fun one, right? With a whole lot of input from different people, getting a lot of voices. Hopefully you all like that. We're going we're gonna to bring some people back, obviously, in the future to see how, how that turns out. But, um, yeah, let, let's, let's get to this week's, this week's stuff. I, I hope all of you have been playing Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption 2, I should be more specific, I guess. But it's out. It's been out a week now. I've been having a whole lot of fun. I just got to, to Chapter 4 very recently. And and this game, it, it looks and feels like a real world. It, it it's it's beautiful all around. The 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 vistas, the views are, are just gorgeous. I, I shared some some of that on, on my personal Twitter account on, on the Nick's Nerd News Instagram account as well. It it's just oh my god. And the characters are so vibrant and real, you could you could feel like that that it's almost based on a true story like you it the world is lived in it it's 1899 so uh, there's a whole section in like almost like an antebellum south area where you're dealing with two two families almost Hatfield and McCoy's-esque there's um a, a lot of of underlying tension between different uh characters and and especially with characters of color uh, almost uh, like it, like it really was at at the turn of the century. Uh, there there's interactions with with Pinkertons and different types of people. There's there's a whole section about going after like a gun a couple of old gunslingers who uh, used to be famous for being the fastest guns in the West. There's hell. There's there's a whole section. Uh, not not section, but there, there's a whole town that just feels like it it was lifted right out of a, a western movie or a Clint Eastwood movie, things like this. You can go on fishing trips and hunting trips, hunting different types of animals. There's there's a mission, a side mission where you can rob a bank, and it, it's almost like exactly like it was in, in an old western movie. It, it it's amazing what what they're doing with this. I I probably put close to thirty hours in. And like I said, I'm only at chapter four. There's about six chapters and two epilogues. But definitely a lot of that thirty hours hasn't even been hasn't even been campaign. Like I've I've been like just putzing around. One day I spent a, like at least an hour going after a legendary fish. The other day I spent an hour going after one of the legendary animals you can hunt. It was a coyote. It's not far from your um camp in chapter three. But Hell, there's there's so many different things to do and and see in this game. Uh there's a there's a whole section that's like a swamp that there's gators just everywhere, and you got to be careful because your your horse gets kind of skittish around uh, around different animals, and they'll they'll uh, they'll buck you off. They will straight up buck you off the horse, and it is not fun because if you get snapped up by a gator you're not gonna not gonna do well and just a, a whole lot of fun things the weapons feel amazing 
the horse riding is 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 so realistic compared to some other games where you ride a horse. The 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 physics in the game are unreal. Like walking through the snow, walking through the mud, things like that. It it's it's insane. Um it it's really insane to see how how far they they've gone in this game. And granted they they spared no expense. They had all the money in the world from Grand Theft Auto Five, and and now they they have a ton of money from this. Hell, it was it was just announced, biggest entertainment opening weekend ever, seven hundred and twenty five million dollars in copies sold for Red Dead Redemption Two, seven hundred twenty five million dollars, and I say biggest uh, entertainment opening weekend because the biggest entertainment weekend weekend week excuse me biggest entertainment opening ever actually goes to Grand Theft Auto Five. So Rockstar is just rolling in the dough. Uh, it was hinted at actually as well that uh, in the companion app for Red Dead Redemption 2 that there might be PC, the PC version might actually come out and there might actually be some VR functionality, which this game in VR would probably be unreal. Like you wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> if you were really in the world or not. And uh, speaking of that, you know, I, I did dabble in some first-person-esque stuff in the game and some missions force you to go first person you know what i'm i'm still not feeling it it's still more of a novelty to me than than anything i i've dabbled in in turning off certain things in in the hud and things like that but it's just it, it's more intuitive to just open up the map and look at to see where you're going things like that but it, it it's really fun a lot of the collectible missions or like side quests are, are awesome as well there's one where you have to collect cigarette cards there's one to collect dinosaur bones around the whole map essentially another one that has to do with engravings it's just different things that you find just from exploring exploring the map hell i i saw saw a lot of videos lately my friend just sent me one as well um at some point in chapter three you can roll up on a kkk meeting out in the woods and, and take them all out which is really interesting i like that they added some some actual real realness to the game, like actual things happening. There were there was talk on a lot of websites about apparently there's a path outside of roads, which is part of chapter three, that if you went on it would like engulf your horse in flames and kill your horse. I I don't know if they patched that out yet or not, but I didn't actually encounter that at all. I spent a good chunk of time in and around roads for chapter three so I, i'm not exactly sure what what that came from just the pictures i'm seeing of this game from other people it, it's just oh my god it's it's beautiful man it's beautiful i i can't i can't even begin to describe it you you have to watch it i i can't only imagine what it would be like on a 4k tv but and and i and i thought tomb raider and assassin's creed and and forza were beautiful this game like just takes it next level now, Forza has a more air of reality to it than than Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption still has a bit of, I don't want to say cartoonishness, but it, there's still a bit of uncanny valley there with, with, with Red Dead in terms of uh, environments and things like that. But it, it's it's unreal. Unreal. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you need to play this game if, if you liked the first one, if you like westerns, if you like just cowboy stuff. Please, please go try Red Dead Redemption 2. Just check it out. It's it's amazing. It really is. It really, really is. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to, like, segue into the next thing from there. 
Microsoft had some Microsoft research products or a presentation released, and it looks like they're looking on or working on like almost what looks like Xbox One controllers, but that you can attach to like your phone or tablet. And they come with like either like grips, like if you're going to put it on your phone, or at least like little clips with, with the joysticks and buttons for a tablet. And this probably is all in relation to Project X Cloud, which is their, you know, streaming idea that would essentially allow you to stream all your Xbox games to to a uh, phone or tablet, which is just a ridiculous thing in general. But that was released. They look pretty cool. They pretty much look like Xbox One controllers, so it's not a stretch. They're probably just working on functionality. Nintendo Switch or Nintendo announced that Switch has sold 22 million units in in a year and a half, almost two years, which is insane. Uh, and with that, they announced Zelda has sold 10 million copies, Mario is, sits at 12 million copies, and Mario Kart has 11 million, which is ridiculous. That means that pretty much half of all Switch owners either own Zelda, Mario, or Mario Kart, and that's just going to go up. More numbers are going to go up, obviously, with the release of Super Smash and Pokemon Let's Go. But this is actually really fun. Uh, Switch's 22 million units sold is more than double the Wii U. Because the Wii U was pretty much a failure after everyone loved the original Wii. And it has now sold more than the original GameCube. Which is kind of interesting to me. I, I mean, I know Nintendo was kind of faltering at that point. The GameCube wasn't as popular as the 64 or the NES or Super NES or anything like that. And PlayStation 2 and Xbox were pretty popular, but mind you, the original Xbox still did not sell very well. So that that's interesting that the Wii U is now one of Nintendo's best-selling consoles. Uh, and, and to go along with that, PS Sony has announced that the PlayStation 4 has actually sold through 86.1 million units. Granted, they're... they're Numbers sold this year compared to last year is about half of what they did. Uh, that That's pretty ridiculous numbers for a console that's five years old. And, uh, you know, Microsoft stopped reporting their numbers completely, so we don't know. I know they still have a large player base on Xbox Live. So, I mean, that, that reflects things. But still, 86 million units is, is insane. And to think that uh, we're only two years away from, from the next generation of consoles. Uh, some news out of EA. There's not going to be any mic microtransactions at the lo at launch for Battlefield 5. Uh, and speaking of Battlefield, Battlefield 1 is actually the games with gold this month for Xbox One. If you have Xbox Live and you have gold, definitely go get Battlefield 1 for games with gold. And uh, the first Assassin's Creed, if you're interested. And um, other news out of EA, they announced that uh, for Respawn Enter Entertainment, started by Vince Sampella, former Infinity Ward, that by the end of next year, expect Titanfall 3 and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to come out. So we don't really know about anything about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order other, other than the name, as it was announced at E3. But I'm kind of surprised by Titanfall 3, actually. Now, Titanfall 2 was amazing. And the campaign was completely underrated. And unfortunately, Titanfall 2 probably didn't sell a whole lot because they released it as the same time as Battlefield 1 and some other big shooters. And it just kind of fell to the wayside. I think same week as Battlefield 1, if I'm not mistaken. But Titanfall 2 expanded on what was great about the first Titanfall. 
I'm, I'm actually excited for a Titanfall 3. If they can expand on the awesome campaign from the second one and also bring back awesome multiplayer like they have, then, then they'll be able to do fine. As long as they don't release it next to whatever big shooter comes out at the same time. As long as they can put a, a bit of a, a gap in between them, it, it should do well. But the one thing I'll say is I hope they bring in, in some more Titans as well. Because by the end of next year, Anthem will have been out by between six to eight months. And we're going to be walking around in mechs in that game and doing stuff. So Titanfall 3, again, another EA game for Anthem. Titanfall 3 and Bioware. Uh, Titanfall 3 better up its game to be able to compete with this these kind of things. Because a lot of games are starting to go into this mech world. While they might have started it, they might want to try and uh, at least not fall to the wayside or, or fall behind in, in, in any way. But I'm sure we'll find out more by by when E3 rolls around or, uh, middle of next year. Also, Nintendo had a direct for uh, for Super Smash Brothers and pretty much announced the final two additional fighters, which will be... Oh, and their DLC plans. Ken Masters from Street Fighter and Incineroar from Pokemon Sun and Moon, which is... Uh, I like the Incineroar edition. A lot of Pokemon have been added, but Incineroar is perfect because he was always portrayed to be like a... A wrestler. They always wanted him to look like a wrestler. Incineroar is the third evolution for what's uh what's the name? Can't think of. But uh, it's the the fire line of, of of starters for Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Was it Tora Cat? I think. Anyway, but uh, like his fire belt is meant to symbolize like a wrestling belt. So this is kind of perfect because he's he's a fighting. T- I think he's fire fighting type, which is like Blaziken and and everything else. But. But uh, no, that that's interesting. So that to- that's a total of seventy-four fighters now for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate coming in December. They also announced DLC plans. There's going to be like five DLC instances, which will come with a stage, a fighter, and something else, and they're all going to be about six bucks. So we're going to get to the point where we're going to be at like eighty or so fighters or more in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is like, how do you even top that? How do you come up with another Smash after that? I, you can't really. Uh, sticking with Nintendo. Uh, game director Jinuchi Masuda uh, said that Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Pikachu, and Eevee are probably going to be the last Pokemon games directed by him. He's been with the series since uh, Red and Blue. He was the, I think, composer on those, and then he directed Gold and Silver. Or he's an assistant director. He directed Ruby and Sapphire, and most recently X and Y. But it looks like he's uh, he would he did an interview recently. He said he's pretty much passing the torch onto the younger generation at Game Freak to let them uh, let them move the, the, the games in a du- new direction, for the RPGs at least. So we'll, we'll find out how that goes, obviously, with the next games that come out next fall for Switch. And while we didn't get... I mean, we got a lot of big news at BlizzCon this weekend. There's a new fighter coming to Overwatch. The LEGO Overwatch sets were officially announced and revealed. Diablo's coming to Switch with some new Amiibos. There's going to be a, a new Diablo mobile game, which pretty much everyone is against, based off what I've been seeing online, and a new a new um, expansion for World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft Classic is coming back, but but in news that I think is more important, actually to me at least, is that Warcraft Three is being uh, remastered, remade with 4K assets called Warcraft Three Reforged. 
It will come included with the expansion, The Frozen Throne. And uh, Warcraft 3 is probably one of considered one of the best RTSs in history. I never personally played it, but uh, I think I might have. There used to be like one of those like land cafes behind my house, and I, I didn't when I would go there if I wasn't playing like Battlefield 1942 or Battlefield Vietnam, I'd play something different. And I do remember playing some Warcraft RTS, and I, it was either two or three. But uh, the trailer for the remaster or reforged edition looks great. You get to play as the four different races and I think 62 campaign missions they said. This is definitely, if you're an RTS fan like I am, this is definitely a game you probably want to pick up next year when it when it gets released. I know they were working on a remastered for StarCraft 2. I think that was already out though, if I'm not mistaken. But that's um, definitely something to look out for next year. But that that's kind of it for video games. Let's uh, let's kind of talk about t- t- uh, movies here for a second. Got a lot of announcements this week, some surprising ones. But uh, Bad Boys for Life, Bad Boys Three, is now officially coming out uh, January twenty twenty with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith coming back to play their respective characters. Uh, Will Smith posted a video saying it's happening, it's happening, baby. Bad Boys Three, Bad Boys for Life. Can't wait. Cannot fucking wait. No announcement on a director, though, because they lost lost Joe Carnahan last year. So we'll see what happens this year. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have to get a director soon. I mean, that's that's just over a year away. Granted, a movie like that doesn't require a whole lot of post-production and, and things. So so we'll see. Uh, in surprising news, Ridley Scott is coming back to direct a Gladiator 2. And it's going to focus on Lucius, the son of... Uh, Connie Nielsen's character or the nephew to Joaquin Phoenix's Commodus and why fucking why man like come on Ridley what 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 are you doing like I get it but I don't get it Gladiator is such a amazing movie it doesn't need a sequel it doesn't need a story continuation I mean it's what we're almost 20 years by the time this movie comes out we're gonna be 20 years removed from the first one there's no reason I literally see no reason other than just like pure um, greed to make a Gladiator 2. Why? Why? Is Like, I mean, really? And and is there... I, I can't. I can't even begin to think of, of any like explanation and how this would even play out. I, I just... I'm so disappointed in Ridley Scott and and all of them at the studio and it and it's being written by the guys that wrote the Hunger Games. Like don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're they're talented people, but the Hunger Games, you had a book to base it off of, not like an original story and like really childish books at that. So I mean, I I don't know I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I I I trust Ridley Scott, but at the end of the day, unnecessary very 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 unnecessary um ewan mcgregor has joined the cast of birds as prey he will be playing roman Sionis, otherwise known as black mask he will be playing the villain of the film this is uh pretty interesting considering the obi-wan movie is pretty much on hold even though it's not 100 percent official so he's uh going over to warner brothers uh he's already doing a film for them as well the sequel to the shining but uh no, Black Mask is an awesome, awesome character. Roman Sionis uh, used to own uh, his family in in the Batman mythos, I should say, owned Sionis Steel, 
and uh, something happened. He became a pretty much a gang leader, has, has an obsession with masks, wears a black ebony wood mask, uh, hence black mask, that looks like a skull. Um, if you've played any of the Arkham games, you'd, you'd know who he was, things like that. But a uh, pretty interesting character, been around since the 80s in the comics. Pretty much just a different version of a, a gangster, like a mobster type person. But I think Ewan McGregor will be a good fit for this, because you don't get to see him play villains a whole lot. So he'll get to express more of his acting chops. Tom Hanks, on top of Tim Allen, who uh, said something uh, uh, about a week ago, Tom Hanks also came out. They both have said that it's been... Uh, it was really hard and emotional for them to to essentially record the ending for Toy Story 4. And um, it's uh, it's unfortunate that... that Not unfortunate, I shouldn't say that. It's uh, it's interesting to see how um, how this will play out. And uh, I, I know they had probably had emotional reactions to, to 3 as well. But I know that they're trying to do 4 as a proper send-off and end to the... Um, and end to the series. Let's be honest. I mean, I think we're all ready for Toy Story. We all want Toy Story to continue, but at the same time, it's like, let's not milk it for all that it's worth. We don't want to kill it. So I know that's coming, I think, next year or 2020. I, I don't remember. In another surprising news, an unfinished Orson Welles movie is finally being released 42 years later. 1976, Orson Welles finished this filming this movie. Didn't get to edit it or anything like that. The man had been screwed over by, by Hollywood for decades at that point. If you know anything about Hollywood history, uh, it all comes from uh, 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 Citizen Kane and his fight with William Randolph Hearst and things like that. Uh, that's that's the story for another day. But I guess they they were able to finish it recently, and it and it's coming out. I think it's in a limited run. I think it actually is out already, but. Yeah, unfinished Orson Welles movie out now, getting a lot of good buzz, I guess. A lot of movies coming out. Uh, the director of It, the most recent It and It Chapter 2, is actually going to direct a big-budget live-action version of Attack on Titan and also uh, a remake of The Time Machine. So a lot of big movies coming out of this guy. I guess It has done really well for him. Uh, uh, on Halloween... Brie Larson, uh, who's going to be Captain Marvel, done a lot of other movies, uh, dressed up as Samus Aran uh, from the Metroid games. And someone said something to her about playing the character or a movie about it. And she's like, I want to do it. So I'm sure if she does really well as Captain Marvel and can prove that she can be a good action star, I'm, I'm, she's already a great actress. Don't, don't undercut me. Don't say, don't, don't read me the wrong way. She's a, an amazing actress. The Room is a great movie. She's really funny in the Jump Street, the first Jump Street. She's been in other good movies as well. But she hasn't proven herself yet as like a big action star. So if she does awesome as Captain Marvel, I am wholeheartedly behind her being Samus in a movie and getting an awesome Metroid movie. Because if any if any Marvel or Marvel, if any Nintendo property would lend itself to being an awesome movie, it's definitely the Metroid movies. Our Metroid games. And uh, to kind of round out our, our movie stuff today, the Avatar sequel titles have supposedly leaked. I think the BBC or The Guardian, a British newspaper, got their hands on the titles after seeing some leaked documents. They're called Avatar The Way of, the, of Water, The Seed Bearer, 
the Tolkien writer, they all come with, with Avatar in front, so I'm just reading them, and the quest for Ewa. These are some really lazy titles. Like, I'm not kidding. And I, I don't... This kind of goes with, like, old, like, uh, rumors that have been going out that they want to go to one of the moons with, like, a tribe that lives on the water and focuses on, on shit like that. I don't know what's going on with the Seed Bearer, the Tolkien writer. I haven't... Tol, Tolkien writer, I'm guessing. It's T-U-L-K-U-N. Uh, and the quest for Awa Sounds like a really cheesy 80s movie, but... Uh, Awa being their, like, the deity, the ones all the, the, um, can't think of what their race were called, the Navi, the, their deity that they worship, so, we'll, uh, we'll see, I know the first one comes out next December, and, uh, three in 21, then followed by four and five in 24 and 25, I think, is that, that what they said, or 23 and 24? I don't know, long fucking time from now, so I don't really give a shit. It's almost ten fucking years for those. Hold on. Yeah, that that's fucking insane. Twenty four and twenty five for Avatar four and five. They're they're currently filming two and three, like I said, which come out in twenty and twenty one. Holy shit. That's I said a year. It's two years for the for Avatar two. God damn it. It was ridiculous. I don't know why. The first one was cool, but like after a couple times, it's like this movie's really boring. It's just Pocahontas all over again. Whatever. Let's uh, let's talk about TV, huh? 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 How about that Arrowverse crossover? We're just getting pictures on pictures on pictures every week. And they're all from Stephen Amell, who's just sharing lovingly with us. But uh, they, we got an official picture of the Monitor, who looks amazingly comics accurate and probably one of what it could have been one of the hardest characters to pull off if uh if you know any of your uh dc lore the monitor was the focus in the crisis on infinite earths game uh or, or story you know where all the all the different uh earths of dc kind of came together to fight the anti-monitor I don't think we're going to get the anti-monitor in the crossover, but we are getting the monitor who's probably bringing them together for some reason. And that's probably based off of uh, a picture that was re that was leaked. It wasn't from Stephen Amell or anything, but it looks like Black Suit Superman might actually be the villain of the crossover, the Elseworlds crossover this year. And that, um, that brings some intri intriguing questions. But the biggest question is uh, there was a picture released... John Wesley Shipp, who uh, has previously played Jay Garrett, or Jay Garrick, excuse me, of uh, Earth 3, and uh, also played Barry's dad in, in The Flash in the earlier seasons, but more importantly played the Barry Allen and The Flash in the 1990s Flash TV show, uh, was actually, a uh, picture was taken of him in uh, his Flash outfit from the 90s TV show, while... Stephen Amell was in the Flash outfit of now and, and Grant Gustin in the Green Arrow outfit for the, the crossover. So, does this mean that his 90s TV show is uh, out there in the multiverse? I know they kind of hinted that in the past and things, but... So there's that. And this begs the question, do they have other things up their sleeve that we don't know about that, uh, that was filmed that we don't know? Does this mean that in the future maybe they can bring in Tom Welling's Superman from Smallville uh, and, and his Justice League? 
Does this mean they could bring in Dean Cain's Superman from Lois and Clark? What about the movies? Maybe bring in, uh, since Brandon Routh is already part of the Arrowverse, have him suit up as his uh, technically continuation of the Christopher Reeve Superman? Like, like this is crazy. Are, uh, what about Lucifer? What about the other DC shows on TV? D- does this mean that, that uh, they, they could be all brought in to, to have an epic fight and showdown? Like, wh- what... Uh, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is great. This is awesome. Not just ridiculous. This is awesome. I, 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 I'm, I'm amazed that they're doing this and, and what this means for the future of, of the DC TV stuff and, and the, 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 um, and the movies even because DC is really embracing their multiverse right now. And that, that could be proved to be a very strong suit for them. And, and speaking of, speaking of the Arrowverse, uh, the, this week's Arrow was great. Uh, A lot of great fight, fight scenes between Oliver Queen in prison, uh, some of the fight scenes with the longbow hunters between Team Arrow and Argus and things like this, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see where this where this season goes right now, and especially uh, they didn't do any flash forwards or show off this other weird Green Arrow that's that's going around, but it'll be it'll be great to see. Flash is getting better from from where it started and where it ended last season. We finally got an idea of why Nora and Iris have a really rocky relationship and what happened in the future. I, I am kind of skeptical right now of trusting Nora in general. It's kind of odd to have someone from the future interacting with people in the past. It could really change and muck things up. And it's all about them Allens that uh, about messing and fucking up the timeline. That's for damn sure. Can't just keep the timeline the way it's supposed to be. But uh, what I'm really digging actually is the the chemistry and camaraderie between Ralph and Sherlock. I know I said uh, Matt Cavanaugh's... Not Matt Cavanaugh, that's... Uh, what's his fucking name? I don't know. Anyway, his turn as Harrison Wells. I This one is going to be tough with this French accent to keep up all season. Will be interesting to say, see if he stays Sherlock the whole season or if they bring in another Harrison Wells. But uh, his interactions with Ralph are, are great and really par for the course, and I'm really digging that. And then, of course, Legends of Tomorrow is just firing on all cylinders. And uh, the the Fairy Godmother storyline was, was actually really funny this week, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good change of pace to how they've, they've dealt with, with some other things. And let's see. What do we got going on? Also... Uh, apparently there might be a Legend of Zelda show coming out. Avi Arad, who actually is a producer for the Castlevania TV show, teased on his Instagram or something about, um, he has an announcement coming on November 16th about working with a really big popular Japanese game company about one of their IPs and a TV show related. Everyone pretty much thinks it's a Legend of Zelda show. There's been rumors floating around that for years now. But we'll finally have confirmation in about two weeks, so we'll know more then. Also, to build off the Halo show uh, filming news, they're actually currently casting John 117, also known as the Master Chief, a new character who's currently being described as Jenny, and Catherine Halsey. So this uh, this kind of goes in what they were saying they were going to focus on, like a side story, and not necessarily the games, and Chief will be involved. But when you start having 
Dr. Halsey involved and, and things like that, and you really are going to cast Chief as a main character, if they are going to tell a story like this, please just don't let it be... Don't let it just be a retread of the games. I mean, we've all seen the games and, and know how those play out. Why don't we do a story that's um, maybe maybe uh, uh, focused on um, another story with John and Blue Team? Maybe maybe go somewhere uh, with their their like that new store the new book that just came out, Silent Storm, or maybe have one of their their missions pre-reach somewhere with dealing with the covenant on another planet somewhere i mean john by the time we got to the first halo game john and blue team had been fighting the covenant for going on almost uh 30 years at that point there, there's plenty of, of of space in there and stuff that hasn't been necessarily told to show the master chief and blue team fighting the covenant somewhere hell fighting insurrectionists somewhere on some backwater planet that doesn't like the unsc i a whole lot of stuff but I'm sure we'll find out who they cast as John or Master Chief soon. Also, uh, with the Teen Titans Go Blu-ray coming out, and there's some stuff that leaked, looks like uh, we're getting the original Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go in some capacity, either like a movie, a, a direct-to-DVD movie, or a TV show um, as like season six, essentially, of Teen Titans. Not much is known other than that it's happening. Um we got some confirmation through like a, either a tie in book or something that the mind flare will be back in season three of stranger things. The mind flare was that big giant, like walking creature that's in the clouds in season two. If you're friends of Terry Pratchett, uh, he wrote the Discworld books, really great sci-fi series. I personally haven't read it. I know it's very popular, been around for a long time. The BBC actually has acquired the rights and they're going to adapt it for a show. So, Probably be pretty pretty decent if it's from the BBC. And um, speaking uh, of milking things for all they're worth, Disney is looking to create a Falcon and Winter Soldier like buddy show for their streaming service. No word on if Sebastian Stan and Anthony Anthony Mackie will be attached though, or if it's live action or animated or anything like that. Yeah. Also, uh, fans of of. Um, Super Dragon Ball. Super Dragon Ball, yeah. Uh, Super Saiyan Blue Goku is actually going to be a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And he's going to be, like I said, Super Saiyan Blue, so he's got the blue hair. And um, this is to go along with an anniversary for the series and the release of the new Super Saiyan or uh, uh, Super Dragon Ball movie for Brawly. So that's really cool. And then uh, got a lot of news for Game of Thrones, actually, in the last week. Uh, some a uh, new official photo of John and Danny embracing. So obviously they're together now after how uh, the last season ended. But the show will begin at the season will begin at Winterfell. Have a lot of callbacks to season one, um, obviously, or the, or the pilot I should say. So there's going to be a lot of things going on at Winterfell. It's only six episodes, remember, but they're going to be quite long. And uh, apparently. We're going to have the biggest battle ever filmed on screen. Movies, TV, every anything. They spent like months working on on this show, apparently. Or on this episode for this fight. The director who did Battle of the Bastards. So we know we're getting a good battle director. Apparently they've been working on it for 50 plus weeks. Out in the um, 
in like in the field in like uh, on location and then he spent another good chunk of, of time filming in the studio just to get it right so that that will be interesting to see how that goes still no release date but i'm sure it will be sometime in in late spring early summer so hopefully we don't have to ha- wait too much longer for the final season of game of thrones but speaking of game of thrones got some casting news actually for the spin-off show that's going to take place some amount of time in the past before the series uh, Naomi Watts was actually cast as the lead character unnamed uh, still don't know a whole lot but Naomi Watts is joining Game of Thrones and HBO for the spin-off show and if it's anything to go off of for other HBO shows we know it's going to be good we know it's going to be probably on par with the 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 regular Game of Thrones, so so we'll see. That's I'm excited. Naomi Watts is a good actress. She's been a lot of good things. I, I she she'll be able to definitely carry this show. That that's one person I'm not worried about. That's a good good first step, good first sign of things to come. But that wraps it up for pretty much most of the major news of this week for TV, movies, and video games. Also got some loot crates this month for October. October's theme was cursed and. Kind of some interesting things. The They had gremlin socks, or excuse me, they were Mo- mogwai socks. So it was gizmo, uh, pre-gremlin, or gizmo never really turns into a gremlin. Uh, they did have gremlin socks, though. Uh, that was either or. Something I'm not really whatever about is American Horror Story keychain with key. That's cool. It looks like it belongs in a hotel. So I guess it's from the hotel story, the fifth season. Uh, really awesome little... Um, like dior- diorama uh, from Evil Dead 2. So it's Ash being like grabbed by a demon uh, out of like a trap door. And they, they've done other stuff with this artist um, for these different uh, different little designs or like a little person, little diorama. They have they had one for Alien. They did multiple ones for Stranger Things. Uh, there's a, a exclusive Attack on Titan t-shirt that has like this Titan in the mist kind of reaching down and then the pin this month was actually like a Ouija board uh, the Ouija planchette pin so like if you were going to use it on a Ouija board or Ouija however you say it that that was cool but uh, what I really liked this month actually was the loot wear and uh, it came with two different things Uh, the wearable was a short sleeve hoodie that was Ghost Rider themed has this really cool Ghost Rider design on the back and then a exclusive Jumanji tee. So it's a green, like a like a forest green shirt, and it's got the four Jumanji uh, characters, not characters, uh, the, the game pieces in the middle. That's really cool because it's really subtle, not in your face or anything like that. So that was, uh, that was fun to get that. Really liked this month's theme, Cursed. Excited to see where it goes next month. And then, surprise, surprise, Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty is actually back. Uh, this was another crate that Funko does themselves. I thought they were ending it, but it turns out that it's actually being uh, sold exclusively through Amazon now. Uh, it's about the same price, so this you get a special Funko figure and some other different things. This month's was by far my favorite one to ever come. Like They sent one a while back. It was Revenge of the Sith themed, and it came with the fight on Mustafar between Obi-Wan and Anakin. But this one is great because this month's theme was uh, Cloud City, and... The, uh, it came with like the, the larger Funko set, and it was a Boba Fett Funko pushing the uh, Han Solo and Carbonite. So it, it's uh, it's like one of their Funko scenes or something they call it, but it, it's awesome. 
so fucking cool. Especially if you like Boba Fett and Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. But that was really cool. Also came with like a Lando Calrissian rubber keychain in like his normal pose, just a, like a it's almost like a bust. So it's just uh, from the the chest up. And then it came with this these little they've been coming with these little bobbleheads lately. This one was uh, this this one that came with it was Chewbacca with uh, C-3PO on his back, like after he res- rescues him from the Ugnaughts. So that was a really cool, cool choice for, for this month um, with, with Cloud City. Really fit the f- theme well. But Smuggler's Bounty, happy it's back. Now I get some more exclusive Star Wars Funko stuff, so excited about that. But uh, that's it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Glad you listened. And uh, as always, you do you. Ignore the haters. Fuck them all. That's what I always say. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Can't wait to, to come back at you in another week. All right, then. Have fun. <laughs>